And I would say that of all the things that possibly I may have learned in my life is lay hold of the promises of God. Trust the promises of God. Hang on to the promises of God. That's what gets you through suffering. That's what builds character. Uh, when things aren't working right and when nothing seems to be right, hang on to the promises of God. Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and today I'm excited to share a conversation I had with Jim Daly, the Vice President of Communications at Samaritan's Purse. 25 years ago, on a visit to Boone, North Carolina, Jim decided on a whim to tour the Samaritan's Purse headquarters, and he didn't know at the time that this tour was going to change his life. While he was there, Jim was told that they were looking to fill a position in communications. And so Jim returned for an interview a couple weeks later. And now, more than two decades later, he is still faithfully serving the ministry. Jim has witnessed suffering firsthand, from a devastating tornado in Tuscaloosa to Hurricane Katrina. But he said that the Lord remains sovereign over all. Jim has so much wisdom to share, and I loved hearing from his heart on how we can persevere through trials and trust God where He is leading us. It's just the Lord's hand. He guides, He leads. Uh, I've seen that. I'm 72 now, and that gives you a perspective that you don't have when you're 32 or 42 or even 52. Uh, so you just see God's hand, you know, leading, guiding, uh, you know, just sometimes unknowing. Just mm-hmm. there's a lot of mystery to it, but. And, and looking back, I just see God's faithfulness from the beginning. You know, David talks about how that he was cast upon the Lord from before his mother's womb and, and that he, you know, he trusted him even from his youth. And, and I would say by God's grace, only grace and only mercy, that's probably been true, thankfully, for me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, thank you for sharing. And I think that's why the foundation of, you know, the the beginning days of Smearn's Purse are quite different from now. You know, it says in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord directs his steps. And we see that so much in the foundation of this ministry. Yes. Even the way Bob Pierce asked Franklin, you know, Franklin wasn't looking to lead this organization and didn't know where it would go. And I love watching it grow over the years. Yeah. And That's just God's mentioned. providential hand, right? Mm-hmm. But he did. He he called and directed key leaders in the in the early days. Yep. Uh, to help grow his ministry, and he doesn't need us. No. But he allows us to be a part of his That's kingdom work. Very perceptive, Christy. You're absolutely right. He doesn't need us, uh, but he allows us, mm-hmm. uses us. You know, frail and fragile, and as we are sometimes, mm-hmm. right? He uses weak vessels to proclaim his power. So, mm-hmm. but you you mentioned something that there's a key word for me that I've learned to really love at this stage in my life, mm-hmm. and that is providence. God's providence. Uh, an individual that I listen to often, Doctor John Piper, talks about providence being God's purposeful sovereignty, and that is sovereignty is sort of this big picture of God rules over all affairs of men and nations. Everything you can think of, for instance, think about Jonah when Jonah was preaching the Ninevites, and then he was sorry that they repented. But then it says that he he, he kind of sulked, and God appointed a worm, and God appointed a plant. <laughs> so God is sovereign over 
mm-hmm. not only all the all the kings and princes and and prime ministers of the, uh, of of the world but he's also sovereign over every single detail and his providence is his purposeful accomplishing his his counsel and his will in individual lives through particular sets of circumstances and events is, mm. and you just you see his providential hand oftentimes only in retrospect mm-hmm. right Somebody told me once that that God's will is sort of like a a, a Hebrew letter. You can only read it backwards, see it backwards. Mm. And so I found that to be true. There are a lot of times when I didn't know what I was getting into or what I was doing. But now, yeah, I see how it all kind of came together. How has God, you know, grown your faith, challenged you uh, while working in the ministry? You know, and what have you seen, as you mentioned, over the years, the ministry has grown? Yeah, I I think the... The, the the challenge, of course, is as you get bigger, you, hmm. you want to make sure that you don't lose sight of what started everything in the first place. Hmm. And that was just a real sense of God's sovereign, providential hand in all that we do day by day. And, and understanding that the way He began it, through faith, through simple trust in the Lord, that's still the way it runs today. As you have more resources and, and, and more people and more things, you can sometimes lean on your own resources more than perhaps you should. And I think a great thing is uh, Franklin always makes it clear that, you know, this is all of God. Everything here is of God. He started it. He's continuing it, and he'll finish it. And we, we have to lean on him day by day by day. Don't get arrogant. Don't get proud because God is able to humble the proud. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that's that's the that's one of the challenges is to realize that it's the hand of the Lord working through Samaritan's purse, uh, doing his work. And just we just have to make sure that our hearts are are humble and dependent upon him day by day. I think that's the key. And I think we are. I think that's the having worked in a lot of places through the years. Uh, I, I sense that every day. You know, we're still humble. We're still dependent uh, on the Lord for His help and all that we do. And if we don't have His help, and we don't, then then the work really won't get done. Not it won't get done the way God wants to get done. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. And I think you know, as I work in communications, I love this department because you you touch and see all aspects of the ministry. Over the years, you know, God has given you a front row seat to the ministry. What are some stories? What are some ways you've watched the gospel uh, change lives through our tangible efforts? There's so much, and you're right. I think that's one of the great things about Samaritan's Purse is the real diversity of the work that we do. Uh, We have, you know, World Medical Mission, which sends out hundreds of doctors and nurses every year around the world, the mission hospitals. Uh, we have uh, Operation Heal Our Patriots, our Wounded Warrior program for marriage couples there in Alaska. Uh, boy, we've got Operation Christmas Child, our project work all over the world, tsunamis, hurricanes, earthquakes. Uh, boy, we've seen it all, <laughs> and we're still seeing it. Wars, uh, disasters, and, and that's what we are. We're a disaster relief organization, so... It's been wonderful to see, you know, how the Lord puts us in a place where we can respond. One of the things that Franklin always that I appreciate about him is that he always says, "Let's go, let's get there as quick as we can, and then we'll and then we'll trust the Lord to help us do what we can do." Hmm. And I think that's driven a lot of our work around the world. We don't always have it all figured out, but we're going to get there, and we're going to be put in a place where God can use us. So. 
I think of some of the stories, there's so many through the years, uh, Haiti earthquakes and uh, tsunamis in Indonesia. And uh, one of the things I really do remember is Hurricane Katrina in 2005 Mm -hmm. that hit the Mississippi Gulf Coast in New Orleans. And that was really sort of the first big uh, disaster that we had our, our U.S. disaster relief people respond to. And, uh, and, and, and possibly because I grew up in New Orleans, uh, it was a special place for me. And I had driven many dozens and hundreds probably of times along the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And I just remember somehow we wound up in a, in a helicopter. So few of us got in there, and we flew all along the coast of Mississippi into New Orleans. And it, I just could hardly believe my eyes. The destruction was just – I couldn't believe it. It was incredible. And uh, having driven that road a lot, I, I could hardly recognize it. Mm. And so then we, as we got into New Orleans, it was kind of even more surreal in that uh, the airport there had turned into a triage. As we flew in on our helicopter, there were probably eight or nine other helicopters all coming in at the same time and, 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 and bringing in people who were they had plucked right out of the water. It was just that they had just got them out, and they were bringing them into the, into the airport there to triage a lot of the injuries. It was just a traumatic time. And, but you know what? I mean, uh, we went there. Our trucks got, were able to roll a, a few days later and help the, the citizens in New Orleans who desperately needed it. Uh, a lot of impoverished areas there. And, uh, but the great thing is we stayed there. We stayed there for about five years mm-hmm. and, uh, we rebuilt houses there. Uh, and, uh, you know, we work with churches there. And, and that was the most wonderful thing, uh, to see God move. And I, w- I would say one of the, Really wonderful things that Samaritan's Purse does is our work through the local church. And, and that's a great way to bring honor and glory to Christ and, and to have some accountability locally with people. If it weren't for the, the volunteers that the church sends uh, to help with disaster relief, uh, Operation Christmas Child, I've always called our volunteers our secret sauce. Mm-hmm. You know, if we have just so many volunteers, over 100,000 with Operation Christmas Child, uh, so many with disaster relief, fifteen or twenty thousand, and we couldn't do the work without them. And and it's the body of Christ helping and responding. Mm-hmm. I love that, and I, you're right. I think that's something we want to convey to people because they may not understand. You know, we always work through a local church, and we run into the fire. Uh, we're going to stay as long as the help is needed, like you mentioned, five years in Katrina. I mean, so it varies where we go, but we will yep. stay as long as there's a need. Yes. But hopefully, prayerfully, you know, working with the local church, we can hand over things to people that know and love that community. And so I love watching that, you know, and it's always all our work. It is in Jesus' name, and it is to share the gospel. We want to meet a physical need so that we can share the gospel and then have discipleship. And that's why the local church is so important to help long-term build churches that will stay and remain. And then we've watched, you know, we come back to certain communities or places where we've ministered to in the past and they're, they're, they're bolstered and they're vibrant because, you know, they, they were built or they grew in, in hard times. Yes. And and there are hard times. Those people that go through that are very traumatized Mm -hmm. and I would be, I mean, floods, you know, uh, tornadoes. I was in Tuscaloosa in, uh, 2011, it was a e, e, EF5, I believe, tornado that went through Tuscaloosa. It actually was on the ground for a long time, all the way through Alabama. 
And uh, it just was just, we were there just days or a day or two after. Never seen such destruction in my life, even from Hurricane Katrina. But it was just total devastation. And again, we worked through a great church there in Tuscaloosa. It's just, it's a great testimony to Christ, it's a great testimony of the gospel to come and help and then just not go a few <laughs> weeks later, <laughs> but to actually hang in there and, and pray with people and comfort them and give them hope. They're always so thankful, so grateful. You know, so I just, it's, it's a real pleasure, you know, to be able to, to be part of that. Mm-hmm. God is faithful, but this life is hard. It's, mm-hmm. We live in a broken world, you know, and we know that both, you know, that personally and professionally. I mean, watching our work in Samaritan's Purse, and I was actually just reading Luke 21, you know, when with Israel. Uh, you know, the horrible things we're watching unfold, um, Ukraine, you know, we're in, you mentioned natural disasters, but we're watching man-made disasters uh, right in front of our eyes. And there are times you can be hopeless, you know, and, um, but God is our hope, even in the storm. And I, I think verse 19 stuck out to me. It says, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. Mm. You know, and I think they're talking more, prepare yourself for the end times, you know, the, the hardships you'll face. We have to be prepared and endure and I think endurance is hard. You've had to endure. Um, and, you know, I, as you mentioned, getting older, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this. Outwardly, we are wasting away, you know, <laughs> but inwardly, we can be renewed day by day. You can either talk about this from the work of Samaritan's Purse and what yeah. you're seeing at work or personally or, you know, what God's taught you through His Word. You can take this wherever you want it. But I think I'm just, Lord, how do I have endurance? Mm. And get, you know, gain my life. You know, it says to live is Christ, to to die is gain. You know, how do we live that endurance life when things are hard? You're right. That's a great verse. You just have to have a view of eternity, and 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 as you get older, you're closer and closer to the goal, and that is that goal is to be with Christ. For mm-hmm. Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. You know. And in Philippians, to go be with Christ is far better. Having used to be a runner, the closer you are to the finish line and you see the tape, and it's like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to get to the tape. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway, uh, uh, in, endurance and perseverance is, 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 is essential. And the one thing that actually develops endurance and perseverance is suffering. Mm-hmm. Because it says in Romans chapter 5, it says that endurance builds character, mm-hmm. character builds hope, Hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God is poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So if you want to really grow as a Christian, if you really want to grow in your faith, then, you know, it's it's, suffering is indispensable. In -hmm. fact, I read this morning about uh, that is in Philippians chapter one, one of my favorite books of the Bible, Philippians. And uh, it talks about how it has been granted to you to suffer for Christ's sake. Suffering's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a gift because it develops perseverance and endurance. Uh, it builds character. Uh, someone I remember saying, you know, unless you've really suffered much for God, you're not going to be used much. Mm. And I believe that. It removes the veneer. Suffering just kind of makes it all <laughs> plain to see. And, it all, and what it does is it drives you to Christ. You know, it drives you to Christ and drives you to dependence upon Him. And so it's granted to me to suffer. You know, and what Paul said again in Philippians, that we want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, you know. Uh, and in Romans chapter 8, again, it says, if we, if we, it will be glorified with him, but first we have to suffer. First comes the cross, then comes glory. And uh, that glory is not fully 
accomplished until we're with him. Mm-hmm. And so when you talked about when you talked about endurance and suffering produces endurance, but at the same time, Romans chapter 15 uh, says that for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Mm. So there's a there's a key right there that one of the ways you have hope in the midst of trouble is the is and have perseverance is the encouragement of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And 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 I would say that of all the things that poss- possibly I may have learned in, in my life is uh, lay hold of the promises of God, trust the promises of God, hang hang on to the promises of God. That's what gets you through suffering. That's what builds character. Uh, when things aren't working right and when nothing seems to be right, hang on to the promises of God. If God did not spare his own son, how will he also not with him freely, graciously give us all things? Mm-hmm. You know, if God, if he put the Savior on the cross, then how can I not trust him for everything else that I need? But one of the, way I, the ways I do that is to trust the promises, and that is specific promises for specific needs. And so, you know, uh, there there's so many my god will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in christ uh, if you need strength you know uh, go into the psalms and find out all the times when david cried out lord you're my strength in song you know my heart trusts in you and i'm helped and so it's it's the promises of scripture that really give you hope and strength to persevere mm-hmm. and then the last the next verse on that in romans 15:5 says now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ. So at the end of the day, it's all God's grace through the scriptures that gives you the encouragement and the perseverance that you need. It's all grace. And so you trust the promises of God. You put your faith that God will act according to his time. In Isaiah uh, 64.4, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard a God beside you who acts on behalf of the one who waits for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? You just got to wait a lot of times. You mm-hmm. just got to wait. Sometimes you got to wait your whole life. Like in, in, in Hebrews, when the, some, of the, some of the people, the heroes of the faith in chapter 11, well, they, they saw God work. You know, their faith was rewarded. Some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. Some of them says they were sawn in two, and they didn't receive the answer they were looking for. Not in this life. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that happens that we won't we don't get the answers till we're with the Lord, but that's okay. It's all part of the process. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to study God's word, and this is why I love people getting to hear the hearts of our leadership because you are the ones making decisions. But I want people to hear that you are on your knees asking the Lord. You know, what do we do? Where do we go? And He will give us the wisdom and the words in the time that's needed. You know, not before we need it. That's correct. And I think that's what we want as humans. And and as a parent, you know, I'm like, I want to know what to do hmm. before I need to do it. But right. that's not how it works. So we are dependent on him. 100%. Relying uh, on him. Yeah. And and it never stops. You know, I, I, I didn't finish out that verse in <laughs> Romans 8 where it says that mm. momentary light affliction produces for us an eternal weight of glory mm. for, you know, for what is seen is... Uh, uh, temporal, but what is unseen is is uh, eternal. I think it says so. Mm-hmm. Focus on the things that you can't see, which is kind of a weird way of saying. Well, how do you focus on things you can't see? Well, it's the eyes of faith and the promises of God. Mm-hmm. But I love it says momentary light, and when it, when you're going through it, it doesn't seem momentary and it doesn't seem light. It, it but it's only when you see that it's doing something for eternity. 
that you really can get a perspective on it. And because the word produces means that it's working, it's it's actually accomplishing something, which that's really hard to grasp. That affliction is actually accomplishing something in in your suffering. It's doing something, and it, it says it's an eternal weight of glory. And so it's actually building character. It's building perseverance. It's building faith. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I, I think about that all the time now. You've worked under great leadership. You have great peers. I think you've watched people rely on the Lord. So how has, I guess, God, how have you watched him answer prayer? I know there's probably a bunch of stories. I do remember one episode. This was when I was very young, newly married, and uh, our first son was on the way. We were living in Auburn, working with the university there at the time. We were extremely poor. And, uh, we didn't have much money, and I heard somebody talk about tithing, and I never really heard about tithing before, even though I grew up in a family that went to church, et cetera. Uh, but it, I'm, they must have shared about the verse that says, you know, test God in Malachi chapter 3. You know, are you going to rob God? And Well, how do you rob God? Well, you're robbing because you don't give him his tithes and offerings. And I just remember thinking, okay, I'm just going to try. It says test God, you know, so why not? So I just remember writing a check and maybe— Three days later, I was in, getting the mailbox, and uh, uh, there was a letter there from uh, my wife's aunt who lived in uh, Texas, and it was just a check from her that covered more than what we had written, uh, a good bit more. I have no idea why she sent it, other than the Lord was obviously proving mm-hmm. His word true, and I thought, okay, this must be good. You know, this is right. I, I you know, I believe the scripture, and and it was a it, and, and and God. God answered. And so that began always, by God's grace, a lifetime of trying to be obedient in that area of my life. I thought about that on specific answers. Well, just the other day, I've been praying about something for a particular injury that my wife has, and we're talking about what doctor to go to. And I was praying about it, Lord, show us and lead us. I was driving through Chick-fil-A, and out of the right out of the door at that moment came uh, a friend of mine who was a uh, physical therapist. And so rolled the window down. We talked, and uh, I asked him a question about a particular surgeon to go to, and he said, "Absolutely, that's who I would go to, one hundred percent. Do it." And I thought, "Okay, Lord, you provided that. You ordered his steps." And I felt like, "Okay, that's an answer to prayer," you know. And, but I find myself more often than not these days asking for things like. Patience, kindness, uh, gentleness, uh, you know, the character. I pray, you know, more and more for, for, to be shaped in the image of Christ, um, you know, to have my heart transformed. You know, the Bible says, if by the Spirit, you know, if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. So it's a battle. All through the Christian life is a battle, and you got to be battling putting sin to death, but it's accomplished through the Spirit at work in you. And so I find myself, my prayers more, more often than not now are, Lord, help me to grow in the grace and knowledge of you. Help me to learn how to put off the, the old ways that characterize my old self and put on the new man that I am in Christ now that characterized this new creature that you've made me. Mm-hmm. And you just have to remember that when you're growing as a Christian, you're, but you're saint now in Christ. You're in the Holy One is what it means, but you also sin. And so you're a saint who sins. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the idea is you gradually over time sin less. You're never sinless, mm-hmm. but you sin less and less. Mm-hmm. But that's a battle. 
and that's a fight, and you got to fight it every day. So that's my prayer these days is to learn how to walk by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, you know, and and grow and be conformed to the image of Christ. I needed that. <laughs> I feel like sometimes we're modeling uh, sinners and saints. You know, my kids. I always feel guilty. I'm like, man, they're watching such hypocrisy every day. But you're right. It's it's not to negate or, or say I'm just going to stop trying. Right. Um, but we are flawed right. and we're sinners in need That's of a right. savior and so right. we need the gospel right every day every and day. that is why you know samaritans first we go to the ends of the earth right. because i can't imagine doing life without jesus Amen. it's hard enough with him yeah we're still battling it as yeah. you mentioned we're not ever going to be free of this but that's oh. why we take the gospel to the ends of the earth so i guess Amen. just finally to close in communications we get to see it all what has it been like for 25 years, and, and even before that, you've been in ministry for a long time. You know, what has it been like to watch the gospel go to the ends of the earth? Humbling, I guess, is the first thing that comes to mind. Awestruck, you know, amazed how God works by the power of the Spirit, however He chooses to work, to see the gospel proclaimed in tough, tough places. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It's God's power. And so it's just, you just stand back and watch God's power work, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because the gospel's not just pardon from your sins, it's that, but it's also power. It's amazing. It's powerful. And uh, it's God's power. You see millions and millions and millions and millions of children come to faith in Christ through Operation Christmas Child and the Greatest Journey, uh, through our through our teams that share Christ on the ground wherever we go. Uh, there's no place that you can go that the gospel uh, doesn't somehow at least take root and, and mm. hopefully uh, bear fruit for years to come. I hope Jim's stories and the scripture that he shared helped you reflect on the Lord's providential, sovereign hand in your own life. We know it's impossible to see what's ahead of us, but I love how Jim emphasized that we can cling to the promises of God despite all the uncertainty in our lives. And with everything going on in the world right now, this message really encouraged me. God is in control, and it's up to us to trust Him. Please pray for Jim as he leads the communication department. Pray for wisdom and strength as he continues to serve. And pray for all our teams on the ground right now who are serving through the local church. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great week.